time ago, an American airplane dropped one bomb on Hiroshima. Ich bin ein Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this. American people, I think, is good people. They are. They have not to charge with the guilt. Welcome back to the Cold War. Henry Kissinger is still dead. Episode two fifty two. As far as we know, like as far as we know, he had his soul injected into a baby somewhere in a CIA black site in Pakistan. We don't really know. Well, the other part of that is, you know, the expression "the devil takes care of his own." So, who knows? Who, we might see this guy again. I, I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, yeah. So we're talking about Iran. We're talking about uh, the oil deals in Iran, yeah. uh, the end of the last episode. The prime minister of Iran, General Razmara, was assassinated maybe by a, a religious a fundamentalist uh, Shia group called the Fedayeen. Maybe mm-hmm. by the Shah himself. Uh, we, yeah, we're not know. really sure. Lots of stories about who had him killed. But as you said at the end of the last episode, the very next day after the assassination, the oil committee uh, under the Majlis, chaired by Mohammad Mossadegh, voted right. unanimously to nationalise the AIOC. And... It needs to be ratified by the Majlis, and they have a new prime minister, a guy by the name of Hussein Allah, again, appointed by the British, uh, British British-educated diplomat. They're pretty sure that this is this. Okay, look, we thought that last guy was the guy (laughs) that could get everything we want done. I feel good about this one. This this is, look. We got a we got a big list of, of British right. stooges that we can we you know you can assassinate <laughs> them till the cows come right. home. We don't. <laughs> We've got these things, yeah, like yeah. fucking rabbits, you know. Right, and and I can't stress this enough. This is coming from London. As long as they're shooting fellow Iranians, I'm good. I we can do this all day long. So yeah. So um, so so after after um, Mossadegh, you know, and the committee says we're going to nationalize this, uh, the Ayatollah Kashani comes out and he goes, Mossadegh's the greatest thing since sliced bread. Everybody needs to get behind this. And like you just said a second ago, the he's he is urging the Maz the Maj, Majlis in general, the the uh, the official body to pass something. And he says you better do it quick because now the blood has been shed. Who in the fuck knows what's going to happen? But again, the British have got their British educated diplomat, and you probably know this already because you have your you do your due diligence. But when Hussein Allah was a much much younger man, he was actually at the Paris Peace Conference in 1919, 1919, and when he and others from Iran, then Persia, showed up, the British would not let them in to participate. And not only that, but then they said to, back to their people in Iran, we're going to kick this guy out. Do not let him go home because he will tell everybody what we did. They'll hate us even more and we can't have that. So they rigged it. So he was sent to Spain to be an Iran's ambassador. And then he was sent to the United States. So after he's kicked out of the Paris Peace Conference, he doesn't make it back home for quite some time. And all of that was by British design. 
I've actually got a clip of the British oh, um, backroom negotiations talking about where there they were getting go. prime ministers from. And now... Hey, Rocky, watch me pull a rabbit out of my hat. See? <laughs> Nothing up my sleeve. Bristol! <laughs> Wrong hat. And now it's time to meet Mr. Peabody. Now serving number four, number five, number six. anyway. So, th- but they they've got they finally got the right man. When I said earlier that the man and the hour have met, I didn't mean that. Now the man and the hour have met. He's Hussein's going to take care of all this. It's going to be good. It's going to be good. It's going to be good. Like nothing can go wrong. <laughs> so. Uh, <clears throat> The new prime minister uh, is too scared. Hussein Allah is too scared to even speak up in parliament against the nationalisation vote. The British ambassador, Shepard, tries a last-minute Hail Mary to stop the vote. He tells the Shah (laughs) to tell the Majlis to stay home when the vote is being held. Work from home. He also now suggests to the new prime minister that the British are finally open to a 50-50 deal. Right, and what does the and, prime minister say? Uh, I do have I have a clip of him. Oh, thank, uh, thank he, goodness! You know, right. He says um, the anus is now closed. <laughs> could, you get, could you get off my anus? No, I love. So he says, you know what? Maybe, maybe mm, we could talk. We could talk about the 50-50 split. And the new prime minister, like you said, who was even too afraid to speak because he would probably be stoned to death. We're talking biblical proportions here. And you have to love this. He goes, I got to be honest with you, Ambassador. A 50-50 arrangement might have been accepted a while ago, but now something more would be required. It's like, no, no, you're using last year's playbook. We have moved on. They have moved the goalposts. They want it all. You're going to have to do a hell of a lot better than that, even to get Big Moss to talk to you. Shepard was still confident he could make it work back uh, when he was talking back to British Parliament. I've got a recording of what he said. He said, there's pile driver, the sledgehammer, (laughs) Jew hammer. And that was British politics in a nutshell. Probably did it with his dick. I'm just saying. I don't know. I wasn't there, but probably. (laughs) That's my finest moment. No, this is your finest moment. (laughs) Hambo, Hambo, where you been? (laughs) Hello. All right, Hitler. (laughs) What's up? (laughs) I'm a delight. I'm a hoot and a holler. Right? <laughs> Damn straight. I'm, I'm glad someone's doing history. I'm glad you're doing the history. I really appreciate that. Uh, so, so, anyways. Good. <laughs> so, um, too late, Arla says. Yes. Um, too can't little, get it too done. Late. The Marjolies met on March 15th, 1951. To cast its vote, 96 deputies turned up, including several who promised the Shah they wouldn't. I'm like, ah. Sure thing, boss. No, you want me to stay home? Yeah. Done. Done, son. Go get the car. Done, son. And out of yeah. the 96 deputies who turned up, how many voted in favor of nationalization, Ray? Um, 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 three words. Every single one. Yes, it was an earth-shaking event. I mean, 
th- this is incredible that they went from I nationalism too far to maybe and they no lock this shit down. We are taking what is ours. That's amazing. And and let's just point out, yeah, Mossadegh is not the prime minister at this stage. No, no, he's he's just in in Congress or their version of Congress, the Majlis. Yes, no. But his dignitas, his, I mean, everybody knows where he stands. He, he's in his 60s. He's, almost, he's pushing 70. He is like the moral leader, and he, he has finally brought everyone around to his way of thinking. Yeah, so he's not the prime minister, but the, the government of yes. Iran has unanimously voted to nationalize the oil Good. interests. Yes, He's he's kind of the moral leader, but they you know he's not the prime minister. So again, it, when the West blames Mossadegh for all of this, nope. I mean he yeah he was very influential in making this yeah. happen, but he wasn't the prime minister across the board. And it it's was, across the board. Yes, it's across the board. Yeah, yeah. I guess the best so, way to put it is Mossadegh has reached Taylor Swift levels of fame and hero status. Oh my God, he finally got that done. And like a podcaster who does long-form history podcasts, he can't even walk out his own front door without being mobbed, women throwing their panties at him. I mean, oh my God, he is the man of the hour. You know, I I still, (laughs) I'm proud to say this, I still cannot name a single Taylor Swift song. I have not listened to a Taylor Swift song. You're missing out. You're I would huge. not know. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I thought you were going to say I still have to go out the back door because of all the fans. Um, oh, that too, yeah. You know, anyway. I like to go. I like to go in the back door, but that's another story. <laughs> um, five days after the Majlis unanimously voted for nationalisation, right? the largely ceremonial Senate created yeah. by the Shah as a rubber stamp organisation whose members, at least half of them, were personally appointed by the Shah, yeah. also <clears throat> unanimously yeah. voted for nationalisation of the oil interests. And you're right. At this point, Mossadegh is so popular. It's, it's Beatlemania. It's Mossamania, M&M mania. <laughs> the Ayatollah praised him as a liberator on the scale of Darius and Cyrus. Damn. The communists loved him. They want to hug Every him. bill he presented to the Majlis was unanimously supported. Yeah. He was as popular as Donald Trump at a Ku Klux Klan rally. <laughs> like he just, he could do no wrong. Their hands the were sore the Iranian people. from applauding. Just yeah. and you know what? And they're not yet tired of winning. Like you said, every bill that he presents, they don't even don't even, don't even read it. Just vote on it. Now, what about the Prime Minister Allah? I, I feel like he's been lost in this tidal wave, this Masa wave, if you will. What, what, what's, 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 what's he up to? Well, to be fair to the Prime Minister, saying Allah, he was spending most of his time looking over his shoulder for a gunman sent <laughs> by the Shah. Is there um, a young carpenter? No? Bueller? Bueller? You know, whatever. I don't know. <laughs> like, But just imagine for a second taking that job. When yeah, everyone yeah. pretty much apparently seems to think the Shah had the last prime minister assassinated, yeah. they come to you and go, hey, um, yeah. Yeah. I say, <laughs> what are you doing? Yeah, how busy are you right now? Like, what have you got on your schedule? From one to ten, are you, are you available? You know, are you, have you made long-term plans? No? Perfect. I've got the job for you. 
But but going back to the Senate, you said this a second ago. They half of them were appointed by the Shah, and they still all unanimously voted. Do you think that was just more fair? There's no fucking way I'm going to vote against this and then try to walk out on the street. They would be ripped limb to limb, stoned, sodomized, maybe all at the same time. Yeah. I don't know. But just the, the people are worked up in a frenzy because they sense ultimate victory here. It's been over 100 years. They sense victory. Yeah. Yeah, uh, well, Hassan Allah... Um, is uh, was sworn in on the 12th of March 1951. Let me get my calendar right. Okay, got it. <laughs> By the 27th of April 1951. Oh, same year. Uh, well, a month and a half later. Right? A strong month. Was, yeah. <laughs> yeah. A solid it month. Was a good, it was a good month. Yeah, like, it was a solid month. I accomplished everything I wanted to do, so therefore I'm resigning. Thank you, thank you. No, yeah. hold your applause. Hold your applause. So he resigns. He resigns. I always, I always said I was here for a good time, not a long time. <laughs> right? it's, uh, I had a good time. I'm done. Mission good accomplished. Where's the banner? Yeah. Where's the banner? Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> he but resigned London, after uh, what six yeah. six weeks? He's out. Yes. But if you think London has given up, you are sadly mistaken. Yeah. So, Foreign Secretary Ernie Bevan, Ernie, uh, who had shown some sympathy for the Iranians, to be yes. fair, not enough yes. to actually do get anything. The deal, yeah, yeah to, to yeah. sort out a deal. He resigned for health reasons. Now, usually, when you see somebody resign for health reasons, yeah. it's usually because they've been caught banging a fourteen-year-old or something like that. Um, in this case. <laughs> It was real. He died of a heart attack a month later. Yeah. Legit. So, legit. Yeah. Yeah. Legit. Well, I, want to, yeah. I want to spend more time with my family. No, I don't Not know like who that 14-year-old is. Yeah. Your Sorry. fucking fake heart attacks you've had over the years just to try hey. and get sympathy. Yeah. yeah. Australians aren't exactly known for their sympathy, so I didn't plan that out. I could have planned better. I could have planned better. <laughs> could have read up. I should first. have read up. Yeah. Not... Yeah, not 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 justification for a pay rise, a heart attack. Like, yeah, really? Like, <laughs> well, I was hoping to double my for a replacement, double my pay, and get it up to um, minimum wage. $10 but a month. I, I, I'll yeah. try, I'll work on something else. I'll try a new angle. Anyway, and he was replaced yes. by the guy we mentioned in the last episode, Herbert yes. Morrison, former deputy prime minister who had tried to push through a solution for Palestine with the U.S. Right. ambassador now in Iran, Brady. Yeah. Uh, Morrison w had spent 30 years working his way up through the Labor Party. He'd been a transport minister. Woo. Wasn't really big on world affairs. Wasn't very well prepared for this. Wasn't really a good candidate. He was the British and, Truman. Yeah, not prepared. Well, yeah. But he's in the yes. job. He's in the job. And, yeah. uh, you know, fairly racist as well and, and considered – that's why the Iranians, the just a bunch of ignorant natives yeah. rebelling against the forces of civilization. <laughs> and I think he was also a little bit grumpy because the woman he'd been having a secret affair with right. for many years, the Minister of Education, Ellen Wilkinson, one of his former staffers, had committed yeah. suicide a few years earlier. Damn. Um, when their relationship ended, it seems. So, you know. See, that, 
that's what I want to do. I want to be able to lay down some pipes so goddamn good that when I break it off, she's like, I, I, I can't. I can't go on. And, and they end themselves. I mean, it had never well, happened. There is, but there is I, surgery that you can do. <laughs> enlarge. Um, yeah, quit sending yeah. me those penis enlargement pills. That's not. It was not funny the first three times. I'm you're, trying you're, to help. You're you're good people. I, I care you're, about you. You're good people. <laughs> and anyway, so Herbert, what's what's Herbert gonna do? Well, in one of his first public statements as Foreign Secretary, he basically urged that the British troops be moved towards Iran and to stand ready, if necessary, to intervene in Persian oil fields. Yeah, it's right there in the name, Persian oil fields. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to bring my troops to your country, shoot your people, but we're not at war. I cannot stress. Can you not hear me over the gunshots? We are not at war, but I'm bringing my army in. I mean... That's incredible. This guy, he, basically, I can see why he got the job. He's, he's certainly qualified. Yes, and his urging uh, all of the top policymakers from the Foreign Office, the Admiralty, the Bank of England, the Ministry of Fuel and Power came together to form a working party on Persia. Yes, or X-Force, mm. whatever. Mm. I, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And they commissioned several studies to help understand the Iranian people better, you know, to defeat them. And one report, and I'm sure you probably want to enjoy this if you want to read it out or whatever you want to do. One report was on the psychology of Iranians. But before you get too excited, it was written by a British diplomat. Yeah, like the, the I think the British were confused. Yes, um, I can see that. They were trying to work out why, like, <laughs> we've only ever been nice to the Iranians. Yeah, yeah. Why yeah. are they not accepting our our love, our yeah. colonial imperialist love? What's what's right. going on in the what? psychological, emotional, yeah. what kind of trauma <laughs> have they been through, the Iranians? Who hurt they you? They can't accept Shh. our love. Yeah, yeah. Show me on Where, the doll. Show me yeah. on the doll. <laughs> you mean all over? Goddamn, all over? Where did the <laughs> Russians touch you? Show us. Because it's not, it can't be us. can't be anything we're doing. No, we're delivering civilization to you. So you're welcome. Yeah. The author of uh, this uh, study that the British Working Party Commission wrote, the typical Iranian is motivated by an unabashed dishonesty fatalistic outlook and indifference to suffering. The ordinary Persian is vain, unprincipled, eager to promise what he knows is incapable or has no intention of performing, wedded to procrastination, lacking in perseverance and energy, but amenable to discipline. Above all, yeah, he loves it. (laughs) Loves it when you beat him with a stick. The harder, the better. That's what she said. I'm sorry. Go ahead. (laughs) Above all, he enjoys intrigue and readily turns to prevarication and dishonesty whenever there is a possibility of personal gain. Who doesn't? Although an accomplished liar, he does not expect to be believed. They easily acquire a superficial knowledge of technical subjects, deluding themselves into the belief that it is profound. Uh, That's called podcasting? Look it up. Yeah, yeah. 
superficial knowledge and you pretend to be an expert. That's what I do every Thursday night. So again, so this is supposed to help them better understand so they can talk the Iranians language. And what they're being told is they're all a bunch of asshole, lazy liars who will lie to you and cut you if you turn your back on them. But other than that, let's figure out how to work with these people. This is insane. This is getting more insane. And of course, in yeah. order to negotiate with people right. like that would be right. ridiculous. You don't negotiate I, with dishonest, lazy, unprincipled, vain yeah. liars. That's why I, you know, every time <laughs> you try and suggest a salary negotiation, I'm like, listen, I don't negotiate with stupid cunts. That's basically that's right. Look, in all due respect, yeah, 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 yeah. I don't, res- I don't, I don't negotiate with lazy, stupid cunts. So yeah. sorry. It, the part that you don't know is when you say that and we both hang up, I go, hey, that was me. <laughs> so it takes me a while. It, it takes a while to kick in. So, so maybe you're on to something there. I I don't know. Maybe. So, yeah. So like why a, do you? gun and the Sarge. You never watched what? F Troop. Did you watch F Troop? No, you never watched F Troop. No, My wife never no. watched F Troop. You never watched F Troop. Was Great that in the 70s? What was that? It was the 60s. Uh, 60s. Sitcom. Yeah. Right. About a about a um troop of American soldiers sort of staking out the Indian territories, always fighting against the Indians, which were always played by white men in blackface. And <laughs> it was great. But there was right. the Sarge yeah. yes. and there was Corporal Corporal Agar. And um <laughs> I gotta see if I can get a clip of this. I should have this. I think my dad watched that. I probably caught a couple of reruns. Uh, Agan, the sergeant, Agan had come up with an idea. It's played by an actor called Larry Storch, great actor. Mm-hmm. Agan would come up with an idea and the Sarge would say, that's a great idea, Agan. I don't know why everyone says you're so dumb. And he'd go, oh, thanks, Sarge. And then it'd be like an hour later, he'd go, hey, who says I'm dumb? That was sort of his uh, I think it was go-to. my father or grandfather, at least uncle, that he was probably my uncle. Yeah, yeah. Anywho. They're not going to negotiate. Instead, the Foreign Office comes up with a three-pronged strategy to Those bring the, the Iranians yeah. back. Three yes. Prong. All, three three prong. prongs. That's All you best. need. <laughs> like one prong is never going to cut it. It's Two going to prongs, fall over. Still fall over, but three. Three prongs. That's a, that's four prongs, you've gone, you've gone overboard. You've three wasted, prongs, four prongs. You've wasted a prong, but yeah. three. Yeah. There's no yeah. room. You try and get that fourth prong up there. Won't work. Won't work. No room. There's no room you're for you. are just gonna yourself. rip. You're gonna tear something. You're gonna, you're gonna, don't tear. You're gonna, get, you're, gonna tear. Hurt, you're gonna hurt yourself with the fourth prong. Three prongs I, is the magic. That's the sweet spot. The three right. pronged sweet spot. <laughs> My mantra is tearing is disrespectful, and I live Dude, by that. Like, code. Tearing is caring. Tearing is caring. <laughs> if it's consensual tearing, but I feel like yeah. we've gone off topic. Well, you grow back stronger. That's what I always say. <laughs> If it doesn't kill you, right, makes you makes stronger. Sure. So they've got a plan. They've got a yeah. plan. Yeah. The first is yeah. the first one. prong. First prong. Step one: cut a <laughs> hole in the box. <laughs> Show me your first prong. What's your first prong? Stick your prong in the box. Step two: <laughs> stick your prong in the box. Step three: Ooh, is you my, open the box. Look at my prong. And that's Ooh. the way you do, you do it. it. <laughs> um, right. I believe we don't have a clip of that. Uh, First step is to get the Shah to dissolve the Majlis. Oh, easy. Fucking easy. Yeah. Dissolve the government. 
Yeah, no take care of that right away. No if they're not doing what they're supposed to do, you just get rid of the gun. Step yeah. one. Step one. This step is the one. British plan for right. peace yes. in the Middle East. Step one, <laughs> dissolve the government. Step two, prong right. two. Yeah. The two prong, second right. prong. Due prong, due, due prong. Sounds right. Is to appoint good old Syed Zia. Right. As the new prime minister. Now, Syed Zia, um, as we said earlier, the the British uh, fiery journalist who helped bring the Shah's father to power in the first place, right. um, got exiled, but uh, came back. He got exiled in 1943 uh, by the Shah, but then he came back. Later in life, he said, I was a friend of the British because being their friend, you only pay a price, but being their enemy guarantees your destruction all my life i have paid the price for this friendship but as a rational man i was never ready to be destroyed he's 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 got a point i mean there are plenty of corpses in the british backyard so he's not wrong but people like mossadegh would be like fuck you you know you stand and you live on your feet for for a cause until you're dead so but this guy's more I don't want to credit him, but he's certainly more practical, and that's that's how he justifies it. But the point is, the British love this guy. He's their latest fad. He's going to get tapped on the shoulder to get the job. And I think that's the way a lot of world leaders think about the United States today. Right. Um, you, you pay a price to be their friend, but it's better yeah. than being destroyed. <laughs> it's the gold price or the iron price, something like that. I'm trying to remember. Yeah, from Game yeah, of Thrones. Yeah. yeah Something. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. What's the third? Show me your third prong. Whip it out. The third prong is Truman. Truman's right. the third prong. Little prong. Get Truman yeah. to at least, this is the quote, at least not to indicate any disagreement or divergence from our point of view. Oh. So As don't, don't go to Washington. Don't ro- They're not going to help. Sorry. Don't rock the boat. Yeah, don't rock the right. boat. Yeah, yes. Now, and that's not the only thing. Th- this is not a prong so much. This is just the British being British, i.e. cruel. After they come up with this three-prong approach, they then reduce the living allowances that they pay to Iranian workers. They're already pissed, and so thousands of locals, thousands of Iranians walk off the job. So again, nothing's getting better. The tension is not dissipating. It's only building up, building up. Something's got to happen. Something's got to give. Somebody's going to get hurt. That's that's was on your birthday party invitation. So pretty much. Uh, this year. It's pretty much because yeah. something's building up, something's building up, somebody's <laughs> going to get hurt. That's, and at the bottom it said PS there will be some tearing. <laughs> Just honest. Just being honest. Tearing is caring. Just, yeah. <laughs> exactly. So what is the so, what is the British Oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. Yeah, so apart from their three prongs, the fourth prong, they you know, they look it's a not an official prong. prong. Right, it's, right. It's a backup prong. It's not an official prong. It's like, it's really half a prong. Right. It's, it's carry just over. half a prong. Yeah. yeah. yeah like, yeah, we yeah, don't yeah. need yeah. this half prong, but we're going to do it anyway. It's not. We can. It's not. Yeah. It's not a yeah. key to the prongs. No, no. It's it's just uh, uh, a. Subset. It's, it's <laughs> kind of like prong light, really. Yes. Good, yeah. One. Yeah. good one. Good yeah. one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> was to 
reduce the pay of all the Iranian workers. Fuck them. You know, yeah, fuck, fuck them. them. You want more yeah. money? Here's, here's my here's negotiating point. God, fuck you. Mar- That's my like negotiating point. <laughs> it's like being married. You want more? Yeah. Here's less. Yeah. yeah, here's less. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Keep your mouth shut. Oh, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> you already <laughs> think I don't love you? No health insurance. How do you feel watch, about that? Watch this. Watch this. Yeah. 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 Well, yeah. yeah. Watch how low I can go. <laughs> Um, thousands of Iranians walked off the job in protest and so the British uh, sort of exercise uh, the the main prong which was the gunboat diplomacy prong love it love it Jerry what what is what does the British do when they feel nervous they call out their navy and remember the big massive it's going to be the biggest one for years Abaddon refinery well, the British park two frigates and two cruisers right off of that. And I think it's the Red Sea. I, I can't remember right now. But the point is, there is nothing the Iranians have that can match that. So, again, the British are like, if you don't give us what we want, we will blast you to kingdom come. So that's my negotiating tactic. Bunch of blasting. Believe it or not, the Iranians are not keen on this. And there's more mobs there's more fighting in the streets but this time it seems to be turned up to 11 yeah there's one like the only line in the whole napoleon film that was funny was at one point napoleon's ranting about something about the british think they're so special because they've got boats (laughs) it works those boats have got guns on them so yeah they're not wrong Yeah. yeah yeah um so the uh, oil workers protest in the streets. There's riots. There's minor brawls that break out, leaving people dead. Yeah. Uh, the Iranians conclude that the British are trying to provoke them in oh. order to provide a pretext for a military intervention, which is probably true, right? It's probably correct. Yeah. Um that is a standard tactic, uh, something that Kissinger would have loved. Oh, yeah. Um, Got hard. You know, provoke, force a reaction, then go, oh, it's yeah. it's that old line from um, Bill Hicks talking about Jack Palance and Shane. Pick up the gun. <laughs> Pick you up said- the gun. <laughs> I, don't, I don't want to fight, mister. Pick up the gun. Oh, mister, my... My wife, she just wanted me to buy some calico from the store. I, I, I don't even know what calico is, but she, could she can't me? get enough of the stuff. She's just going through that stuff. I don't know what it is. Pick up the gun. All right, mister, if you say so. Kabow. You tore me at a gun. <laughs> that's right. Oh, so apt. So apt. Because that's exactly what's going on. Yeah. And, you know, but- he, he recorded that during Gulf War One. In oh. uh, like the early nineties, man, it's right. still valid today. Um, so yes, then we get to probably one of my favorite fucking stories in history. My one of right. my favorite geopolitical stories. It's up there with Alexander's tactics at Gorgamela. It's right. up there with Napoleon's tactics at Austerlitz. It's up there with Caesar building the first and Gatorix. Yeah, and the double yeah, the, the two walls. Yeah. Yeah. Al- Circum Circum 
Velation. Yeah. Circumvallation. Yeah. Um, yes. One of one it's, of my favorite stories. Vestadio going Vestadio. <laughs> this is one of the hands. great stories. Exactly. Yeah. So, Ambassador Shepard, as we know, is trying to get Syed Zia back as Prime Minister, the right. uh, pro-British firebrand journalist. He's quite old now, but he's their man. Syed Zia, he's our man. If he can't do it, <laughs> nobody can. That's what Shepard was walking around Tehran saying. We'll shoot him. If he can't, we'll shoot him. Yeah. The Shah buckled as the Shah was wont to do, and the yes. Marjolies scheduled a vote for to, to discuss his nomination for April the 28th. Yes. Now, on that morning, this is 1951, on that morning, Shepard, pulling out another prong, <laughs> issued a statement saying that the British government would not negotiate anything under the threat of nationalisation. Damn right. And basically, fuck, fuck all y'all and... <laughs> Nothing's gonna. Nothing is gonna happen while you're you're trying to force through a nationalisation. You can all go fuck yourselves. Right. So the Marshallese meets. Everyone expects Mossadegh to get up and start yeah. ranting and raving and waving his finger in the air and as he does know, doing a yeah. bit of this <laughs> and that and blah blah blah. <laughs> what does he do instead, Ray? Oh, let's see. Yeah. So everybody's expecting a blistering speech. He's expecting them to tear into the. Uh, to the Shaw and to this this new guy, he just sits there quietly, doesn't say anything, doesn't move. Maybe he's dead. He's, he is 68 at this point, but he just sits there. He does the exact opposite of what everybody expects. Sits there, says nothing, does nothing. Yeah. A bit like you when we're recording yeah. a podcast. Sits exactly. there, quiet as a mouse, good for nothing. <laughs> so, hey! A right-wing guy, pro-British member of the Marjolies, Jamal Imami, stood up and started attacking Mossadegh. He saw his chance. He took his shot. This is it. One shot. Yeah, he stood up and he said, yo, well, it was that. And then it was like, not going to give away my (laughs) My shot. shot. Not going to give away my shot. He stood up. He started attacking Mossadegh. Accused, accused him of being a tired old windbag right. who had ruined the country, pissed off the British. Now look at the fucking state of affairs. We've got gunboats off the coast. Yeah, yeah. <coughs> They cut the pay of the workers. You tried to make things better. You made it worse. You're a fucking disgrace. <laughs> you know what? You're one of these people that yeah. just likes to sit on the sidelines. I know, everyone knows, the Shah's offered you the job of prime minister. Yeah. Over and over again. You never take it because you know you can't handle it. You can't handle the truth. You're not man enough to be the Prime Minister. You'd rather just right. sit in the yeah. sidelines, bitch, whine, complain yes. about how the job everyone else is doing, like some fucking podcaster, just complaining all the time. But you're not willing to take the job. You know, you know what you should do? You should just become the Prime Minister and see yeah. how you like it. Yeah, let's see. If you're so smart, if you can fix everything, what the fuck have you done for us lately? And after he shoots his shot, he sits down and he just waits. Drops the mic. Yeah, he drops the mic and he waits for Big Moss. He's like, what do you got to say to that? There's silence. 
There's in the room. There's actual crickets in Iran. You didn't know that, did yeah. you? Actual crickets. crickets. Yeah. There's the sound of a falcon flying in. I need, that, I need that fucking sound. I think uh, every time I hear it, yeah, uh, yeah. I every love time it. I hear it in a film, I think, "Oh fuck, I need that." <laughs> As in my soundboard, what does he do? He slowly stands up. Yeah, looks around the room. Damn right. And then says, "All right, <laughs> I accept." <laughs> With all humility. The place yeah. goes fucking nuts. Pandemonium. <laughs> They're supposed to be voting on Syed Zia. Instead, <laughs> this fool of mommy says, I think yeah. you should be Prime Minister. Mossadegh says, all right then, yeah. let's yeah. have a go. I'll have a go. Yeah. He all was, right. right, was yeah. honoured by the suggestion that he be Prime Minister, and he would with all humility. Except, and that's when Amani looked down at his playbook and went, "Okay, I said what I said. I don't have anything. He wasn't supposed to do that. What do I do now?" But it doesn't matter, like you said. There's like 96 people or 100 people. They fucking erupt and they go insane. And in that somehow, in that tumult, someone puts a a formal motion together to make Moss Mossadek the prime minister, and the speaker calls for an immediate vote, and it barely. It barely squeaks by 79 to 12. So like you said, we're talking about this one guy, then this all crazy shit happens, and now we've just voted in Mossadegh. A bit water out my nose. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> don't, don't do that when I'm having a drink. <laughs> Sorry. Well, you drink all the time. So, but, uh, yeah, yes, but. MM says he would only take on the role right. if the Marjlees approved the nationalization of the AIOC, which they had already done, I thought, but they did it unanimously anyway, the same day. Unanimously, yes. They re-approved it. And part of his plan now, part of his his plan for the nationalisation is there would be a parliamentary committee that would audit the books. Right. Weigh the claims for both sides for compensation. Sounds fair. Send Iranians overseas to learn the skills of how to run the oil industry and to draw up articles of incorporation for a new national Iranian oil company. Damn. And like you said, that same afternoon, unanimously, this went through. They went from going, we should try to get a better deal to, it is now ours. Lock, stock, and no pun intended, Barrel, it is all theirs. I this is basically Iran for Iranians. So he did it. Mossadegh did it, and that is where we will leave the story. I think for today. An iron curtain has descended across the continent. military buildup on the island of Cuba. The purpose of these bases can be none other than to provide a nuclear strike capability against the Western Hemisphere.